At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. Because that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. From fresh berries to fresh tomatoes, we know the farm is where it all grows. From their farms to your forks, working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. Email X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this week, this hour, is a good friend of the X-Zone. We had him on last week. Dr. Dr. Patrick Heron is our guest. We're going to be talking about... Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. And uh, Patrick, always great having you back with us here in the Exxon. You know, this is such an important topic. It it takes a lot of time to get the message out there that we just had to have you back on. And I, w- I was wondering, Patrick, if you could just give us a recap of what you and I discussed last week. Yeah, well, we got into, Rob, and thank you again for having me back on. We got into my, my recent book, which is uh, called Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. And it's a sort of a follow-up, a part two. Many of your listeners may have read my last book, which was quite successful and continues to sell well, called The Nephilim and the Pyramid of the Apocalypse, which was a, mm-hmm. a thesis on the fallen angels of Genesis 6 and my uh, belief that these were the guys who built a lot of the ancient monuments uh, these enigmas that scattered the ancient world, such as the pyramids of Giza, the Stonehenge in England, Newgrange in Ireland, the Great Pyramids in Mexico, the, the pyramids of uh, Guatemala, the Nazca Lines in Peru, um, Angkor Wat in Cambodia, the giant heads and so, so, such things like that. Not to mention the, the Mayan calendar mm-hmm. and all those other buildings by the, by the Mayans and the Mayan calendar, which ends uh, as supposedly uh, on the 21st of December in 2012. Uh, but my new book takes this to a, the topic of the fallen angels to the next level. And it's a, a, extremely radical. Um, last week, I, I discussed with you that when the Messiah spoke about the signs of the end of the world and uh, his second coming, he gave a whole list of things to watch out for, of course, which are very topical mm-hmm. at the moment, Rob. Sure. You, will hear, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that's ethnos in the Greek, both ethnos, one tribe against another tribe, which is exactly what's happening in Libya and all these other places, various Arab tribes. He said there'll be an increase in famines, 
in earthquakes, in diseases, and peculiar weather, and lawlessness, immorality, and all those other things. And of course, the, the main sign to do with the end times <laughs> is the fact that the Jews uh, are back in Palestine and Israel again after their almost 2,000-year worldwide scattering. That's the main uh, sign that we're in the end times that you, very hard to contend with because every time you switch on the news and you see trouble between the Jews and the Arabs, that is that sign coming to pass. But one of the things the Messiah said in Matthew 24, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. So last week we discussed about the return of these fallen angels to earth once more in the full sight of men. And I have to go back to Genesis 6 and we discussed how uh, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Mm -hmm. According to the book of Enoch, 200 of these gods, if you will, with a small g, Right. Uh, descended on Mount Hermon in the days of Jared, about a thousand years prior to the flood of Noah. Uh, they were beautiful looking, supernatural, superhuman beings, irresistible to the women, full of uh, knowledge and wisdom and fascination. They took women to wife and these women had offspring for them, which were the giants of the Old Testament. And by the end of a thousand years or so, which precipitated the flood of Noah, these gods had infected the DNA of almost the whole population of the world at the, that time, except for Noah and his family, just eight souls. Uh, so that could have been 20 or 30 million people. And we're told in Genesis 6 that the whole earth was filled with violence and bloodshed and there was only an evil in man's heart continually because of the influence of these 200 right. fallen angels. Patrick, please stand by, my good friend. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation Dr. Patrick Heron is our special guest all the way from Dublin, Ireland. And uh, the good uh, doctor and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. For more information on Dr. Heron, his website is www.neph.ie. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell? The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Patrick Heron is my very special guest, a good friend of the Exxon Nation. His new book, Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, his website is www.neph.ie. Patrick, we hear about uh, the book of Revelations, uh, and we hear of the the four horsemen. Now, what exactly are the four horsemen? Are they symbols? Do they symbolize earth, wind, fire, and uh, wind? Or are these actual entities that are going to be facing uh, the world uh, as a prelude to the uh, the end? Yes, uh, your, your second... Um uh, submission there is the correct one. They are metaphors, but it's it's like parables in the Bible. Mm -hmm. All parables have a literal meaning, and in the same way, these four horsemen of the apocalypse have a literal meaning. That 
when I spoke to you a moment ago about the signs of the end, when the, the Messiah gave the signs, the first thing he said is, don't let anybody deceive you, for many deceivers will go out in my name saying, I am Christ. Then he said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Then he talked about an increase in famines and earthquakes and diseases and natural disasters right. and the like. Right, the Antichrist when he comes, this man, and by the way, those fallen angels I was talking about that were on the air prior to the flood, were told that they're locked up in this subterranean prison, which is called in the Bible the abyss or the bottomless pit, and once in the epistle of Peter is called Tartarus or Tartarus. And this, of course, ties Tartarus in with the gods of Greek and Roman and Egyptian mythology, where we're told that the they, they gods are imprisoned because they rebelled against Zeus. Uh, and the Again, Greek and Roman mythology fits in with the biblical records, which talks about gods coming down from heaven and taking uh, mortal women to wife, and they produce offspring for them. So the first horse that goes out is the white horse. Now, this is the Antichrist, but he's a counterfeit Christ. Anti means in the stead of. It doesn't necessarily mean against. It can mean in the stead of Christ. So when this guy com comes, when he arrives on the earth, this man, this who's... At the moment, locked up in a subterranean prison, mm -hmm. the bottomless pit, they're going to be released according to Revelation chapter 9. And these 200 are going to be released onto the earth again. And that's why this fellow is called, he's never called the Antichrist in the book of Revelation. 33 times he's referred to as the beast from the abyss. Uh, in fact, his full name is the beast who ascends out of the abyss having seven heads and ten horns. So this guy goes on to become what we call the Antichrist. So Antichrist means in the stead of Christ. And the reason he goes out on a white horse, which is the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, is because he's a counterfeit Christ. In Revelation 19, we're told that when the Messiah, the true Messiah, comes back at Armageddon, mm -hmm. it says he's coming back riding a white horse. And the armies of heaven are going to be on his shoulder. Those who are called and faithful and chosen, which are the church of God, are coming with him, also on white horses. Okay, so the reason that the ante goes out on a white horse is because he's a counterfeit Christ, when he shows up, when the apocalypse begins, I believe he's going to say, I am Jesus Christ. He would, he may even have holes in his hands. He may change water into wine. And we're told that almost everybody in the world would be astonished when they see the beast from the abyss because he is able to deceive them with signs, miracles and wonders, just as the true Messiah did signs, miracles and wonders when he was on earth. Now, the second horse that comes along is the red horse. The red horse, again is a metaphor and we're told in in uh, revelation that this red horse is given a sword whereby he can take away peace from the earth and cause men to kill one another now in greek and roman mythology uh, the god of war was the god mars and mars is a red planet yes. and by the way a, a lot of these angels these fallen gods have uh, astronomical names. They're referred to many times as the stars of heaven. Mm -hmm. And in my book on the Nephilim, I show the association a lot of them. So Apollo is a planet, Mars is a planet, and Mars was the god of war. He is the red planet because Mars is a red planet, and he goes out on a red horse to take uh, peace away from the world and to cause men to kill one another. Then we have the black horse, and the black horse comes along, and the rider on the black horse has the scales in his hand, Rob. And he says, three quarts of barley for the day's work and a handful of wheat for the day's work. And do not hurt the oil or the wine. Now, black in biblical terms always denotes scarcity and famine. 
and bread by measure always denotes scarcity and famine. So this rider on the black horse is portending, I believe, worldwide famine and economic collapse. And Mercury in Greek and Roman mythology is the god of commerce. We get the, the word, uh, comes from the Latin Mercurius. We get the word merchant from Mercurius. So I believe that this particular god uh, might very possibly be in this coming new world order government under the power of the Antichrist together with human beings could very well be the minister for um, commerce. What do we call them today? The minister for business, oh, for oh, finance. Oh, I see. We call them thieves. Yeah, I know. So you might you might have a, a, the, the the Antichrist is the main leader. Then mm. we have the the Minister of Defense, right? Mars. Then we have the Minister for Finance, uh, Mercury, and he's on the black horse. And you know, only two years ago, Rob, there were um, there were food riots in twenty two different countries in the world. And what we're seeing today at the moment with the whole economic collapse, especially in this country. I mean, Ireland is on the brink of the abyss financially, and so. This followed closely by Portugal. Then you have Spain after that. Uh, after that, you've got Italy. And if they, those go, then the whole of the euro could possibly co- collapse. And this is, of course, being precipitated by everything that happened in Wall Street with uh, the banks down there and, and the, uh, the, the very cute lads down in, um, in Wall Street in New York. So the uh, black horse, as I say, is, mer- is uh, Mercury, I believe. Then we have a pale horse, and we're told that the rider on the pale horse is named death. And of course, in the book of Revelation and in the Old Testament, we have the angel of death. The angel of the death was the one that passed over Egypt when Moses was trying to get Pharaoh to let all the uh, Israelites get get out of um, Egypt. And uh, the angel of death passed over Egypt. The eldest son in every family died. The eldest of the are cows and horses and sheep, etc., etc., died. Mm-hmm. So there is an angel called the angel of death. And he's on the pale horse. And thus we have the expression, as pale as death. Ah. So they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And these are real, real beings. We didn't really get into it in depth last week. But as I said uh, earlier and last week too, that when the beast comes up out of the abyss, it says he's got seven heads and ten horns, right? Yes, you did. These are metaphors. I don't know if we got into it in in depth last week. The ten horns relate, we, we did briefly, to the ten holes or the, excuse me, the ten toes. That was a Freudian slip there. <laughs> These referred to the ten toes of the uh, of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in the book of Daniel, chapter two. Right, and he spoke about for the the different kingdoms. You know, the kingdom of gold, silver, brass, and iron. And of course, the gold was the Babylonian Empire, which was Nebuchadnezzar's empire. Mm-hmm. That was followed uh, by the Medo-Persian Empire. Then after that came the brass which was the Grecian Empire of Alexander the Great, which in turn was superseded by the Roman Empire, which were the legs of iron. And then it spoke about another empire that was going to come in the far distant future that would dominate the world. And it said that it was made up of ten toes. And these ten toes were going to be made up of clay and iron. And then it says a very peculiar thing in Daniel 2.24, or 2.43 rather. It says, They shall mingle their seed with the seed of men. This is referring to the ten horns of the beast who rises out of the abyss. These are ten leaders who are going to rule the world because the world is going to be split into te- up into ten regions and are going to rule together with human politicians. That's why it says it's the ten toes are made up of clay and iron. 
because we are the clay. Human beings are the clay. Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And we are together with the iron compared to these supernatural, superhuman, magical, mystical, spiritual beings, which are the fallen angels. We are like clay and iron compared to them. Mm. So they are going to be the ten horns which rule over the uh, the world under the power of the Antichrist. But they, it says that they will not cleave one to another, even as clay does not cleave to iron. So there will be discard at some future point in this new world order, one world government, which is coming on the earth. Sounds like these are very interesting times ahead of us uh, that we're coming up to, Patrick. But a, a question that I have for you, Patrick, and this was a question that was echoed by a number of the listeners who heard you last week. They sent me a number of emails. How do we know the information that is in the Bible is really uh, as we foresee it, and that it is not the book of Revelation is is not just trying to tell us how to live a better life and it's on a personal basis instead of on a global basis? Um. By the time that the apocalypse happens and all the prophecies in the book of Revelation come to pass, it's going to be too late for all that, Rob. Really? Oh, absolutely. You know, again, later on, perhaps if we have time, I get into a short discussion about the parable of the five wise virgins Mm -hmm. who had their lamps trimmed with oil and were ready to go out to meet their bridegroom and the five unwise virgins who didn't have any oil in their lamps and were not ready to go out to meet him. Because this is going to distinguish the Christians before what, you know, in America they call the rapture of the church and those multitudes of people that are going to turn to God and Mm -hmm. Jesus during the Great Tribulation. But it's going to be too late for them. In the parable, it says that at midnight um, the the call came to come up and go out to meet your bridegroom. The bridegroom has come for you. And, of course, the wise virgins got up. They trimmed their lamps. They went out to meet the bridegroom. Then the ones that didn't have any oil in their lamps, they said, give us some oil so we can go out too. And they said, no, no, you've got to go and buy oils for yourself. So they went off to buy oil. But when they came back, it was too late. The five wise virgins who had the oil in their lamps had gone into the marriage feast with the bridegroom and the door was shut. And again, the oil is a metaphor referring to the the Holy Spirit. Those people who, you know, people call born again Bible thumpers, you know, people like me, not Nutcases like me. Oh, you're not a nutcase, my friend. You're you're a you're a man on a mission who has an important message, and this is why we love you, Pat, because you you call it as it is. And you know what? It's always great having you on the show, my friend. But you and I have to take a commercial break with the news. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Dr. Patrick Heron, a great pleasure to always have here on the Exxon. He's the uh, author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, www.neph.ie. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Exonation, Dr. Patrick Herring is our special guest. He's the author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. His website is www. Dot N-E-P-H dot I-E. Patrick, what is this, uh, the story that we're hearing about pertaining to a great city? Yes, in Revelations chapter 17 and 18, it speaks about great, a great city that it is, is to come, uh, where, which is going to be a, a very, a, like the headquarters of the Antichrist and his ten uh, lieutenants and the human politicians. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do, Rob. I'm going to go through the, 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 the clues that are hidden in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. They're a bit like those cartoons we used to get in comic books when we were kids, when they would show you, for instance, the, uh, uh, say, a farmyard, yes. a barn and a tractor and stuff, and then they tell you there's 10 chickens hidden in this picture. Oh, you have right. to find them. So you'd see one in the, in the, in the chimney of the, the barn, you'd see another one in the, the wheel of the tractor, and yeah. another one in the haycock, etc. It's a bit like that with the clues that are uh, hidden in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. So what I'll do is I'm going to go through the clues and give them, give them to you now. Okay. And uh, So you give me a few minutes to do this, and at the end of these clues, I will ask you and pose the question to you as to who do you think or what do you think this city is. Okay, is that sure. Fair enough? That's fair enough. Okay. So this is um, Revelation 17, and this is what the angel uh, John is writing. It said, so he carried me away, and he's talking about the angel that was with John. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And her partner, her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and abominations of the earth. And she had a golden cup in her hand. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great astonishment. And then it goes on, the angel says, why are you astonished? I'm now going to explain to you what this vision is. And these are all metaphors, okay? Sure. So, down in in the next verse, we we actually have three clues in here. And it says, he saith, the angel saith to me, to John, he said, the waters which you saw where the horror sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. That's clue number one. And the woman which you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Okay, so the first thing it says, the woman which you saw is a great city. Now, five times in Revelation chapter 18, we're told that this is a great city. The woman is a great city. It's not a kingdom. It's not a nation. It's a great city. And it says, the waters which you saw where the the whore or the woman sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Therefore, what it's saying is, is that the people that inhabit this great city are multicultural in the population, okay? They're, they're multitudes, nations, tongues, different people. And then it says, uh, and the woman you saw is their great city, which reigns over the kings of the earth. These ten horns we were talking about, the Antichrist and his rulers 
together with human politicians. It says that this city is going to reign over these kings. Now, if you turn that the other way around, it means that these kings are rulers. The Antichrist and his lieutenants and the human politicians are going to reign or rule from this great city. Now, a lot of people say, oh, hold on. This is talking about Babylon. It's talking about the original Babylon out in the middle of Iraq. You know, it's going to be restored to its former glory of thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. But this, this is actually rubbish because in Revelation 11, we're told it talks about Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Well, we all know that the Messiah was not crucified in Sodom or Egypt. These are metaphors referring to Jerusalem, which will also become a very evil place in this future time. So by the same way, this mystery Babylon is not referring to the old Babylon. Babylon at the moment is a broken down old uh, city in the middle of the desert, uh, and it, it doesn't figure anywhere on the Richter scale of great cities. So we're talking about a great powerful city at the moment. Okay, a modern city which has great in power and influence in these, the last days. And then it goes on in Revelation 18 to talk about the demise of this city. And at the end of the book of Revelation, we're told it's going to be burned with fire. Here's another clue. And the ten horns, these are the rulers, which you saw upon the beast, these shall hate the prostitute, the city, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with, with fire. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning. And then it talks about all the kings of the earth, standing afar off for fear of our torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And it says, The merchants, which were made rich by her, that's another clue, shall stand afar off from, for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And it goes on, The merchants of the earth, here's another clue coming, another hint, the merchants of the earth are waxed rich to the abundance of her delicacies. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buys their merchandise anymore. And then it gives a list of the stuff that you can buy in this great city. It says merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, thymine wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, vessels of most precious wood, of brass, iron, marble. And then the merchants of these things which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off, saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine lin linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster, there's another clue, and all the company of ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, another clue, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that, that had ships in the sea by reason of our costless, for in one hour is she made desolate. So this is a very rich city. You might say that this city is the center of world trade. Right. Then we have in Jeremiah's cha chapter 49 and 50, we've got more prophecies about the same Babylon. Now we know that these are referring to the same uh, time of the apocalypse and to the, to the same uh, city, mm -hmm. because it says no less than eight times in these two chapters, it says, it is the time of the Lord's vengeance and the day of vengeance and the time of, of uh, Jacob's trouble. These are all uh, metaphors referring to the apocalypse in the Bible. So here's another clue coming up. And it says, this is the word of the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet concerning Babylon, the city, and the land of the Babylonians. So uh, this is not just talking about the city, but also it's now extended into the whole country. And it says, here we are, here's a great clue. 
even if Babylon reaches the sky and fortifies her lofty strongholds, I will send destroyers against her, says the Lord. She surrenders, her towers fall, her walls are torn down, since this is the vengeance of the Lord. And it says, before your eyes I will repay Babylon, the city, and all who live in Babylonia. So now I'm going to summarize those clues for you. All right. Number one. Okay. Number one clue. The implication is that this great city is a sea trading city with a harbor. Because shipmasters and merchants made a lot of money there. Mm -hmm. Two. Everything is for sale that anyone could ever want to buy in this city. Number three. It is the financial center for world trade and commerce. Number four. Businessmen have made vast fortunes by trading with this city. Five, this city has a multicultural population drawn from all corners of the globe. Six, this city has high towers and lofty strongholds that reach to the sky. Seven, the headquarters of the government of the Antichrist will rule from its headquarters in this wealthy city. Eight, this city is described as the mother of prostitutes and has a cup in her hand. And sits by many waters. So, I would throw that out to you and your listeners, and ask you to uh, give me your idea as do you think which might city this might be uh, prophesying of? New York City. It has to be. Yeah, absolutely. As I said to you earlier, you know the financial heart and center of of the uh, of all the markets in the whole world is New York City. Let me ask you uh, this question, Pat: Is that why? The two the trade towers were targeted by Muslim by Islam. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think so. But I'll tell you that in this future um, apocalypse, yes. at the end of it, there is going to be a nuclear strike. Uh, I show this in my book because at the end of the book of, of of the Great Tribulation, at the apocalypse, it talks about a huge army from the east, numbering two hundred million kill about a third of the population of the world and their march westward to this place in northern Israel, which is called the Valley of Megiddo. And it says that they are met there by the Antichrist under the power of a huge uh, military force from the west. And then there's a sort of a Mexican standoff there and somebody pushes the button. And John wrote uh, in the book of Revelation that he saw flashes of lightning, he heard peals of thunder, rumblings, and what he described as a huge earthquake. And he said, all the cities of the nations fell down. Now, John can only describe what he saw in terms of his own vocabulary. Right. He was in his 80s when he wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. So he saw flashes of lightning, similar to the flashes of lightning we saw when we see, uh, you know, the, the shooting up uh, um, Iraq and Baghdad like we did, or, or Libya at the moment. Mm-hmm. He heard rumblings, uh, like the rumblings of explosion as you hear in the distance as the, as the, uh, the bombs hit. Um, then he heard um, loud noises like lightning banging. Well, that's exactly what it's like if you're standing up close to these missiles shooting up. But the key and the clue which tells us that this is a nuclear strike, it says all the cities of the nations fell down. And Rob, there's only going to one thing that makes all the cities of the nations fall down, and that's a nuclear strike. And the interesting thing is, is that there's another prophecy about Babylon, uh, which I, I wasn't going to include because I thought it too far-fetched, uh, which it says... The sea will rise over Babylon. Its roaring waves will cover her. And I was thinking, now, how could that be? How could the sea rise over New York City? But then I was getting out of my car one one night about 2 o'clock in the morning after having a couple of beers around the corner. And uh, it it struck me that if you have 30 or 40,000 nuclear warheads all going off all over the world at roughly the same time, 
you're talking about mega tsunami. Yeah. Right. And always remember too, when we listen to the the politicians, present politicians like uh, um, the Prime Minister of uh, of Britain a, a year ago, uh, Brown spoke. He mentioned the New World Order nine times in a twenty minute speech. George Bush, of course, family senior, spoke about the New World Order. And when these guys talk about their grand plans for this New World Order, they always say that the United Nations is the vehicle whereby they're going to attain this, you know, utopia of a one world government. And who is it that's attacking Libya at the moment? The United Nations. And where are the headquarters of the United Nations? New York City. That's right. And they often, you'll have the G7. You'd have the G10, the G20. Very often they have meetings in other places. But the main ones, and the most of them, always come back to New York City. We have the United Nations there. We have uh, the General Council's meeting there. We have the financial center of the Wall, of Wall Street there and all the banks. We have the skyscrapers there. And that's why it says your, their towers reach to the sky. That's exactly where it has to be. And, you know, many prophecy... Uh, writers and authors and teachers say that the United States is not mentioned in prophecy. Well, I'm telling you that it's all over Revelation chapter 17 and 18 and Jeremiah 49 and 50. And when it says not only Babylon is going to get this reward, but also the land of the Babylonians. So the whole, all the major cities in the United States are going to be nuked at the, by the end of the book of Revelation when this whole thing fall apart, falls apart and all the guacamole hits the fan and the interesting thing is is that they meet in this place called the valley of megiddo rob that the valley of megiddo is in northern israel it's about uh, 15 miles long and, and a few 10 miles wide and in in ancient days anybody traveling from europe and the west wanting to travel to china and the far east had to go through this valley because of the mountains running north and south and anybody coming from india or china or the far east wanting to go to europe would have to come through this valley. It's like the center of the world. And this is this valley is where the, this meeting is going to happen between the two huge powers. 200 million from the east has to be talking about red China. And then the huge power from the west has to be Europe, Canada, South America, the States, and everywhere else. And this is a worldwide, this is a worldwide phenomenon. And then this, of course, is where we get the expression Armageddon from, from the Valley of Megiddo. Patrick, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, our special guest this hour, the one and only Dr. Patrick Heron. He is the author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. His website, www.neph.ie. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe, dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Patrick Heron is our special guest. He is the author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order. His website, www.neph.ie. So, Patrick, what would you like to leave the X-Zone Nation with tonight? 
Well, what I'd like to, to leave the Exxon Nation with is, is that these fallen angels are going to manifest on the earth again. And that the world is being prepared, conditioned, brainwashed, subliminally and overtly for the appearance of these men, these supernatural beings, in the coming uh, apocalypse. Uh, many of your listeners will probably be here for that. I hope they're not. I don't wish it on anything, any of them because it's going to be a very, very bad time. Literally hell on earth and you don't want to be caught in this demonic colosseum. And that's why a lot of the things that are happening in the world today, Rob, are conditioning people for this. I think I mentioned briefly last week that when I walked through Heathrow Airport, they had posters mm. of a Nephilim, what you call these things, an alien Nephilim, a fallen angel, I call it, a noble-headed alien with the word knowledge written across it. That's not all that was on these things, all the way through um, Heathrow Airport. Then we have an incredible advert, advertisement on the TV in Europe at the moment of fallen angels, female fallen angels, incredibly lifelike, descending and falling to earth like figs falling from a fig tree. We have it over here. We have it over here as well. They're advertising a, a, a spray for Axe, I believe it is. Yes, links. Links, that's right, yeah. Yeah, well, if people haven't seen it, they can click on my website. It's on my splash page. Then I found out that they have a woman in the UN called Maslan Othman, who's the UN diplomat for aliens in the Office for Outer Space Affairs. Then I hear there's a guy called the Pope's astronomer. We didn't know the Pope had an astronomer. Dr. Guy Consul Magno says he will baptize the aliens if they want to when they arrive because these are benign beings made by the same God that we are. We have British school children at the moment are being trained in UF crash drills. Wow. They are actually staging UFOs crashing into schools and then bringing the local bobbies in together with the teachers and the kids and telling them what to do if a UFO crashes in their school. And, of course, we have governments all over the world opening up their UFO files, which were top secret mm -hmm. until up to recently. So all the movies, TV programs and books at the moment that are pervading our daily life and bombarding us, you know, 24-7 are magical, mystical, supernatural, aliens, ETs, UFOs, crop circles, abductions, vampires, search for extraterrestrial uh, evidence. All that stuff has all to do with conditioning subliminally and overtly the whole of the human race for the reappearance from both beneath the fallen angels who were here before and the rest of Satan and the rest of his fallen angels are going to be kicked out of heaven and are going to descend onto the earth like figs falling from a fig tree. And they may just show up in pyramid-shaped UFOs because they'll be able to point to the New Jerusalem at the end of the book of Revelation and say, look, it says we're going to show up in a, in a city mm -hmm. whose length and breadth and height is the same. And I cover all this de in detail in my book, Return of the Antichrist in the New World Order. My good friend, you and I have to say so long from, for tonight, Patrick. As always, a great pleasure talking to you. My very best to you. Continued success, and thank you for letting the world know about these prophecies that are happening in these present days. So until the next time you and I meet, take care of yourself, my friend, and uh, be well. Thank you, Rob, and thank you very much for having me on again. It's God always a great pleasure. Bye-bye now. Dr. Patrick Bye -bye. Heron is the author of Return of the Antichrist and the New World Order, www.neph.ie. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue. We're right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.